0: Well, grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ this morning. We're so glad that you're here with us today. And uh, one of the the blessings of modern technology is we can stay connected to uh, members who are not able to attend worship in person. As we were looking on the live stream this morning. Um, we got a message that LaVon Nunn is in the hospital in Bryan, and so we want to keep her in our prayers. I know it was just a, a few weeks ago when she was able to be with us. It's been a long time since that's happened, and many of us are, are mindful in her, of her and encouraged by her. And so actually, as we begin this uh, lesson this morning, I just want to take a moment and offer a prayer on her behalf, and then we'll, we'll dive in. Dear God, uh, we're thankful for this day. We're thankful for being able to be here, to be present um, in this worship uh, assembly. But we're also mindful of those who are not present with us, and we ask you to be with them. Especially bless LaVonne Nunn. She means so much to us and our congregation. We ask that you watch over her, that you uh, be with those doctors and nurses who are caring for her, and we pray that uh, she will get well soon and be able to uh, return home. And so uh, be with her and be with her family members, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, all right, well, we're continuing our study on the Bible and mental health. And again, appreciate all those who have offered uh, comments, uh, lots of conversations happening around this, this topic, and I think it's an important one. And this morning, we're talking about one of the most well-known mental issues that are plaguing people today, and that is depression. And so, we cannot hardly go a day without hearing this word. You know, we see it in advertisements, um, advertisements about antidepressants. It's discussed on television, radio, books. We know people who have experienced depression. Some of us suffer from it. And so, we encounter depression and its ramifications on a regular basis. And here's why. Here's some of the data surrounding depression. Depression is the uh, the leading cause of disability in the United States among people age 15 to 44. Depression ranks among the top three workplace issues in the United States. And according to Gallup, the number of adults who report having been diagnosed with depression at some point in their lives is at 29%. In 2015, it was at 19%, and so that number has increased 10 points in less than 10 years. And also notice when you look at the the details of this study, these are people who have been diagnosed with depression. So this does not include the many others who may have depression, but have never been diagnosed by a doctor or professional. The number of Americans who currently have depression sits at 17.8%. And so what this means is that on a typical Sunday morning here there are about 30 people who have dealt with depression sometime in their life and about 18 who are currently dealing with depression if our congregation reflects these national numbers. And the numbers are even higher when we begin to look at teens and younger people. According to some data it is double what adults are experiencing. And these numbers are rising. And so the problem's not getting any better. It's getting worse and worse. And we know this is serious because the data shows us that numbers related to suicide, self-harm, and hospitalizations have also rose during this same time period. And so it's not just a, a fluke thing that's happening in the data. People are actually harming themselves and going to the hospital. And so this is one of the reasons why we're taking the time to talk about mental health and to talk about depression. And so we want to begin with this question, what is depression? And we have to be careful when considering this question. We all have some idea of what depression is, but our ideas are not always correct, we also must acknowledge that everyone who experiences depression and other mental health issues do so differently. The, the best thing that we can do is ask someone to tell us about their experience and then sit and listen. You know, I've been amazed by, as I've done the research for this series of lessons, by the firsthand accounts of people describing their own struggles and suffering. For instance, one child who actually lives in this area described their experience with depression this way. The fun things are not fun anymore. And these these descriptions are often more helpful than the technical ones. Many people assume that depression is just sadness or being sad, but this is not so. The word depression literally means to press down. And so it is a weight or a force that comes over people. And for many, it's not just a feeling of sadness. It is a lack of feeling altogether. I want you to listen to this description by James Merritt. He's a famous minister who's written multiple books, and he has dealt with depression in his life. And this is how he describes it. Winston Churchill called it the black dog. And years ago, when I was living in Mississippi, It showed up at my house, uninvited and unannounced. I went to bed on a Sunday night, feeling great. Life was good. I was happy. The church I was pastoring was growing. My marriage was strong, and I had beautiful sons. Then I woke up Monday morning, rolled over, and opened my eyes, and that black dog was staring right at me. For the first time in my life, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to do anything, and I began the most difficult, darkest 90 days of my entire life. Every day of those three months, I went from being a pastor to an actor. I gave award-winning performances because I faked everything. Smiles, laughs, peace. It was a battle just to get out of bed in the morning. And I know there are people here this morning That can relate with that description. You have experienced it yourselves. You know what depression feels like. For everyone else, I would encourage you to listen to people who struggle with their mental health. Don't assume that you know how someone else feels, let them describe it in their own words. Well, the idea of addressing depression in a sermon or ministering to people who are struggling with depression or mental illness is not something new. Followers of God in times past have been quite aware of mental issues and willing to do something about it. One good example of this is Richard Baxter. He was a minister in England who was born in 1615 and he died in 1691. And he was known for ministering to people who were experiencing problems with their mental health. He delivered sermons that were related to mental health issues. And J.I. Packer in a book about Baxter summarized the advice that he gave to people who were depressed. And so he writes, the treatment Baxter as a pastor recommended boiled down to never letting melancholics lose sight of the redeeming love of God, the free offer of life in Christ, and the greatness of grace at every point in the gospel not attempting to practice the secret duty of meditation and prayer on one's own, but praying aloud in company, cultivating cheerful Christian community, avoiding idleness, and making good use of a skilled physician, a discerning pastor, and other faithful mentors and friends for support, guidance, and hopefully a cure. And that's great advice. And remember, that, that wasn't given... You know, a month ago, that was given in the 1600s. And Baxter's teachings and sermons on mental issues are still being printed and read and used today. And so depression and dealing with it is not something new. It's been around for years. The only thing that's changed is the name by which we know it. And so we, nowadays, modern times, we call it depression. In Richard Baxter's time in the 1600s, they called it melancholy. In Scripture, it goes by different names. And so sometimes it's called downtrodden or downcast. But it's there in the Bible. And we find advice regarding people dealing with depression. One of the best examples of this is Psalm 42. And so the word used for depression in this psalm is downcast or cast down. And I want you to pay attention to how David describes his feelings and experiences. And you'll re- you'll recognize the first few verses because we often sing it. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. For my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. Now, again, we know parts of this psalm very well because we sing it, but we only sing the happy parts. You know, Israel sang the whole thing, the early church sang the whole thing because that was their hymn book. And doing this was probably quite helpful to followers of God who were struggling with depression, it let them know that they were not alone. And it presented them with a way of dealing with their feelings. Now consider some of the ways that depression is described in this psalm. My tears have been my food day and night. My soul is cast down within me. As with a deadly wound in my body, my adversaries taunt me. And so what does depression feel like? It feels like this. It feels like tears are your food. It feels like having your soul cast down where it's almost out of reach. Or as he says in another part, it's constantly in turmoil. It feels like a wound in your body. And these are things dealing with human nature. These are things that have not changed. Scripture is still very much relevant to our lives. It speaks to us in our pains and our struggles, as well as in our victories and our accomplishments. And so the desire to deal with mental health problems is something that has been on the radar of the people of God for thousands of years. And we don't need to abandon it now. We need to embrace our past and mind the pages of Scripture for the help that is already there. And we want to do that just that same thing just this morning. And so here are five things to remember from Scripture when you're feeling depressed. And the first is this. When you're feeling depressed, tell someone. Don't keep your depression to yourself. Don't try and deal with it on your own. Don't assume that one day it's just going to magically go away. Let someone know about your struggles. Now, it could be a fellow Christian. You know, we're called to bear one another's burdens. Being a Christian means that I'm willing to help any brother or sister who is in need. But depression and mental issues are one of the hardest things to bear. C.S. Lewis, the great Christian theologian, wrote the following about the pain and burden of dealing with mental issues. He wrote, Mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it is more common and also more hard to bear. The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. And so keeping our mental pain to ourselves only makes it worse. We encounter descriptions of depression, In the Psalms. We we just saw it in Psalm 42. We see it in other places. Psalm 6 is one of them. I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. David did not keep his mental struggles to himself. He confessed them to God. He prayed about them. He also shared them with the people of God. And this is what we're to do as well. Life is difficult. Don't try doing it on your own. Let people help you carry your burdens. You may need to tell a professional about your struggles, and there's no shame in seeking professional help. But also remember that you have a church family that cares deeply about you, and your brothers and sisters in Christ are ready and willing to help you Carry your load. Second, when you're feeling depressed, don't succumb to the temptation of isolation. Depression would like us to believe that we are all alone. And so people who are dealing with depression often give in to these feelings. They, they, they believe the lies. They isolate themselves from others. They isolate themselves from people who can help them And this is not good. We see an example of this in the book of 1 Kings. And so the prophet Elijah's life is one of ups and downs. His depression comes out of the blue. You know, um, in chapter 18 of 1 Kings, uh, we see Elijah there going up against the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel. And he defeats all of them. It's a great and wonderful victory, one that all of us know. God is with Elijah. Elijah knows God's presence. But immediately after this, Queen Jezebel learns of what Elijah has done, and she vows to kill him, and she pursues him. And this causes Elijah to despair. And it brings on a bout of depression that makes Elijah just want to die. And so this great man of God, a man of God who's lifted up and just carried to the heavens, who doesn't experience death, he struggles with his mental well-being. What does he do here? Well, we read it in verses 4 and 5. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying... It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. What does Elijah do? He isolates himself. He needs a friend. He needs a companion. He needs to be around people. But instead, he goes out into the wilderness where he's all alone. And this does not help his mental condition. It makes it worse. While in the wilderness, he, he cries out to God. He says, God, I'm, I'm ready to die. I want to die. He wants his life to come to an end. When we are having feelings of depression, we need to avoid isolation. And I know that we don't always feel like being around others. But that's exactly what we need. We need friends to stick by our side we need Christian companions to come alongside us and be present with us in our time of need. Third, when you're feeling depressed, spend time around people who are helpful. Not everyone is helpful, And so find those who are and stick by them. You know, I want to go back to this story that we just looked at because we only read part of the story. Elijah goes into the wilderness all by himself, and he wants to die. But notice what happens next. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. When Elijah is depressed, what does God do? Well, God sends a messenger. He sends an angel. And pay attention to what this angel does. He comes to Elijah and he touches him. He comforts him. He tells him, Elijah, you need to get up and eat something. And he doesn't stop. He keeps coming back. He comes back a second time, and he does this until Elijah is well. Now, this is fascinating. God does not send an angel to lecture Elijah. He doesn't send an angel to tell Elijah, you know, just stop feeling sorry for yourself, get over it, get over the sadness. He doesn't send an angel to tell him about the latest herbal remedy that's out there. He sends an angel to be present and to help. And that's what we need when we're feeling depressed. We don't need someone who's just going to give us advice. We don't need someone to tell us what we're doing wrong. We need someone to come alongside us and to be present and to help. Now, there are two lessons here. First, if you're feeling depressed, find someone like this angel Find someone who's going to be helpful. Find someone who's going to provide you with what you need. And second, for everyone else, this angel is an example of who we are to be. If we know someone who's struggling with depression or mental illness, be like this angel. Be present. Be a friend. Be a faithful companion Comfort those who are struggling and offer whatever help you can. Maybe it's just some food and water, but do what you can. Fourth, when you're feeling depressed, get up and get going. We're still not done with this story. I want you to notice how it ends. First Kings 19 and verse 8. And Elijah arose and ate and drank And went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. So Elijah isolates himself when he learns that Jezebel is seeking to kill him. He battles depression. He wants to die. But God sends this angel to comfort him and to offer him food. And after two visits from the angel, Elijah gets up and continues on his journey. And this may seem simple. But it is an essential point. If you're feeling depressed, get out of bed. That alone is a victory. That's a difficult thing to do when you're in the grips of depression. Get out of bed and get going. Go to work. Go see a friend. Go spend time with family. Do something. I know it's hard. But it will help. You know, it's doubtful that Elijah was over his feelings of depression after this angel visited him. But he does an important thing. He gets up and he continues on his journey. He does this even though he might not feel like doing it. He refuses to stay down and allow his depression to get the best of him. He gets up and he goes. And finally, when you're feeling depressed, believe truths rather than feelings. Satan is the father of lies, and he will use things like depression to get the best of us. When Satan discovers a chink in our armor, he's going to attack it. And so we need to recognize that that when we're feeling depressed, we are susceptible to lies. We may feel like we're not good enough. We may feel like we're all alone. We may feel like no one cares. No one loves me. We see this in the story of Elijah. This prophet of God had much to live for. But when he isolates himself in the wilderness, he begins to believe the lies. He believes the lie that his life is of little or no value. He believes the lie that there's just no point in continuing. There's no point in living another day. And again, those are all lies. There's no truth in them. But when we're feeling depressed, we can easily latch on to those lies and convince ourselves they are true. And so if you're feeling depressed, write down the truths of Scripture. And then remind yourself of those truths every single day. Put them on post-it notes, put them on your mirrors at home, put them in your car, put them on your desk at work. Wherever you're going to see them, surround yourself with the truth of God so that you will not succumb to the lies of Satan. Write down things like, I am a child of God. God has a purpose for my life. I am a blessing to others. God has called me to participate in His mission. And don't forget three of the most important truths that God wants you to know. God loves you. He does. And there's nothing in this world that can separate you from His love. The church loves you. You have a family who loves you. And God and His church need you. You are an important member of this body. You're needed in God's kingdom. Depression is real. Depression affects many of us. It's something that we need to take seriously. And so don't dismiss it. If you're having feelings of depression, let someone know and get the help that you need. If you're one of the blessed ones who do not struggle with depression, Here is an opportunity to be the body of Christ, an opportunity to bless the people around you. We have been given the examples of what to do. Now it's time for us to embrace this calling and to help those who are in need. And so may we be a comfort and help to anyone who is struggling. May we share one another's burdens and do what we can to lighten someone else's load. Let's pray. Dear God, we come before you this morning and we are so glad for another opportunity to gather in your presence, to be here to learn from your Holy Word and to be challenged to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. I pray that we'll do just that, that we will be mindful of those who are dealing with difficult issues, that we will be mindful of those who are carrying heavy burdens, that we will be on the lookout for this, and that we will help them. We will comfort people. We will do as this angel did for Elijah. And Father, I pray a special blessing on anyone here this morning who is dealing with depression. It is something that is not to be dismissed or to taken lightly. It is a serious serious thing and I pray that they will come to know your presence. That they will keep pressing on. That they will know that they were loved and needed. We pray all this in the name of Jesus, our savior. Amen.